Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well, and I hope everyone's having a great week, and everything's going the way you want. I hope everyone had a fun Halloween. If anyone went trick-or-treating, I hope they had fun. I hope everyone had a good time with their families, and now we're moving into the season of Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful that I have the ability to do this on this platform, and I am thankful that for those of you who choose to listen and hear a portion of God's Word, I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful that hopefully God is getting glorified through this podcast. As I've gotten older, I began to read more scholarly articles for my grad school and just for reading for my job's sake. I've noticed a lot of people coining the term culture war. This term is what we will be discussing today on our Thursday Thoughts episode. The question I want to ask us is, are we in a culture war? Are Christians in a war with the culture in the main world? I've read a few different viewpoints on this topic, and at least for now, I would say my answer is yes. So allow me to explain what kind of war it is. As we stated last week in Ephesians 6, we can see that we are in a current conflict with the dark and spiritual forces of evil of this world, and that that is already going on. And so now we're asking this question, are we in some kind of war with mainstream media and our popular Western culture? And so I would say, yes, indeed we are. The war is far more serious and deadly, though, than any physical conflict because we're fighting a spiritual-slash-culture war. Regardless of the surface issues, the central issue is God. And make no mistake, you know, right now in America, we're in the, the throes or like a life-or-death struggle over whether the God of the Bible will continue to be acknowledged as the one true God and Christianity as the one true religion. And that's the battle that America's been going through, at least here in the States, for the last, really, 20 years, if not more. And so what's happened is these sinister forces, these these evil forces, have mounted a massive full-scale assault on the traditional moral values that Christians are have been holding in society for generations. And they're endeavoring to just sanitize our society, cleansing it of its Christian connections. And this, these people, they, they parade themselves under the guise that the founding fathers in the Constitution advocated for a separation of church and state. And the clever ploy goes something like this, right? The founders intended for our political institutions and public schools to be religiously neutral. A strict church-state separation must be observed with religion completely excluded from the public sector. Any such religious references would constitute an illegal endorsement of religion by the government. Thus, that was a quote, thus no references to God or Christianity in public settings must be allowed, whether in the government, the community, or in the public school setting. To illustrate the context to which America has plummeted from its original heights of and, and allowing Christianity to flourish, Um, There was a federal judge that was demanding that the Chief Justice of the Alabama State Supreme Court remove a Ten Commandments monument in Montgomery, Alabama. 
and this was in 2003. So while this was happening, while there was someone wanting to remove a Ten Commandment monument, guess what was happening in the state of California? A smaller marker was unveiled in Sacramento, California, in Capitol Park, along the walkway of the California Veterans, Memo- Veterans Memorial, sorry, Veteran Memorial, that reads, in honor of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender veterans killed in action. And that was in 2003. And so, so obviously, you know, gay right advocates hailed the memorial as the first such state-sanctioned landmark honoring homosexual war veterans, which I'm not saying it's not a good thing to honor people who've given their lives for the country. That's not what I'm saying. But what's, what's, what's crazy to me is that honoring, you know, this, these group of people is praiseworthy while honoring God is unconstitutional and a Ten Commandment monument should be taken down. That's the flip we've had. But again, we need to remember that this stuff, this microcosm is happening all over the nation. Allusions to God and the Bible are being systematically stripped from public life, from Christian symbols and city and county seals to pregame prayers uh, after school to the use of the Bible in jury deliberation rooms. Never mind the fact that the phrase separation of church and state is not even found in the Constitution. Rather, Thomas Jefferson used the term in a private letter to reassure the Baptists that the government would not interfere in their free exercise of their religious beliefs. Thomas Jefferson in 1802. I promise, I promise that this isn't going to get political, but I use these examples because I want us to see right now that the mainstream media and the modern Western culture and agenda are absolutely pushing against the will of God. And they're trying to take all that away. And they're trying to push their ideals and what they want. So whether we're looking at legalized abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism, or just the general push against Christianity, our world is one that is at odds with God. Therefore, I say we are in culture war because our society is pushing more and more ungodly things that we as Christians need to combat so we've talked a little bit about why I believe we're in a culture war those are just a few examples but if you just look around at the world you see that there's so much negativity going on and why is that because people have allowed themselves to remove God from their lives our culture has removed God from the center of the family, the center of our schools, the center of just our relationships. And when God's not, we started a series on Wednesday nights with the youth group here at Canyon View called King of Hearts. And if we don't allow God to be the king of our heart and and dictate our actions and control what we do, chaos and destruction and pain follow. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, I believe the better question to ask is, though, you know, so we we realize, you know, at least from what I've read and what I see in the world today, we as Christians are at war with, and again, I wouldn't even necessarily, it doesn't even have to be called a culture war, but we are at war with the evil powers that work in this world. And so I believe the better question to ask is, what do we as Christians do in this war? Our job in this war is, is to share the gospel and let our light shine before others. If you remember last year, or last year, last episode, last week on Thursday Thoughts, I talked about how, you know, your mission, should you choose to accept it, our mission in this war, we're kind of like search and rescue. 
we're looking for people and we're trying to rescue them out of the dangerous situation. That's kind of what our job is in this war. As Christians, we should not fight this war in the way that culture fights, in the way the world does. We shouldn't get angry and have heated debates and argue with people that God is real and start yelling at them because that defeats the point of what we're supposed to do as Christians. So one way that we as Christians operate in this war is to talk to people about our faith. Be ready to give a defense for our faith. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. People today who think differently have forgotten how to have meaningful conversations about important things. People who aren't Christians, people don't know how to have conversations anymore. People don't know how to talk about things they disagree on. People don't know how to disagree. I mean, look on social media and you'll see people arguing to get a point across instead of seeking to understand. Heck, you could look at our last, our past three presidential debates and they've just been about who can make fun of the other one more. This is not how we as Christians are to operate on our battlefield. We can be firm in our faith and gentle at the same time. We can be logical in our reasoning without belittling others. We do not need to fall into the trap of arguing and proving a point because that is not what we as Christians are to do. So, let's not get in this idea that we need to have heated debates and tell people that, I mean, I've literally seen conversations, whether it's on a Facebook message board or, or just I've overheard it in real life, but we as Christians don't need to almost, you know, think people are dumb just because they don't believe in God, because there was a time where we didn't necessarily believe in God. You know, whether, yeah, you grew up in the church, maybe, and you grew up going there your whole life, but you didn't really believe it fully with your heart until you got to a certain point in your life. And so everyone is in that same boat, and we just have to be patient and walk alongside people and do that. So we need to not fall into the trap of being like culture, because as, as, as Christians, the church, we're supposed to stand out. Romans 12.2, Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing, but by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As Christians, we need to be different from the world around us not exactly like it. And I think that's part of the problem and why we're losing ground in this war against the powers of evil is because we are allowing we're allowing ourselves to be transformed by culture and by the world and we're not transforming the world by with with the help of the Holy Spirit. As Christians we need to be different. This brings me to my next thought on culture war. Typically in combat, you wouldn't want to stand out or be noticed, because that's how you get shot and how you get killed. However, as Christians, the goal is to be noticed. The goal is to stand out. And no, it's not always a good thing to stand out in the Christian war, because sometimes that gets you a lot of heat. But it is expected of us. Jesus says in Matthew five fourteen through 16 on the Sermon on the Mount, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we see from Jesus' words here that we're supposed to stand out so that God can be glorified. 
We're supposed to be different. We don't put a lamp in a room and put it underneath the covers. That's pointless. We, we turn a lamp on in a room or we turn a light on in a room to give light to the room so that we can see. And Jesus says, likewise, we're supposed to let our Christian light shine into the world. We don't become Christians just to hide it under, you know, our job and to hide it under our skin and just, you know, tuck away and be silent about our faith. No, we become Christians to be bold, to be proud, and to be firm in our faith and to shine it out so where others can see it, to live like examples of Christ. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And the idea is we're supposed to imitate Christ. And if you imitate Christ, you will make waves. People will notice you. Did people notice Jesus? Yes, people noticed Jesus because of how he lived and how he carried himself. And that's what we're supposed to imitate. We're supposed to mirror that. And so we are supposed to stand out in this battle and go right into the front lines and, let it, and be seen. The, the truth of it, though, is that sometimes standing out the truth is, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that standing out and letting your Christian light shine is always going to be good and always bring good things. Sometimes when you let your light shine, excuse me, it won't always lead to positive things for us. Sometimes by standing out, we get attacked by the evil worldly forces. Jesus himself said in John 15:19, if you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And so as Christians, we see that sometimes stepping out into the spotlight and standing out for Christ is going to sometimes come with some backlash. And the reality shouldn't be shocking to us because Jesus tells us here, you know, because you're not of the world, because you're going to be spiritual people and not focused on worldly things, because I chose you out of the world, the world will hate you. And Jesus' meaning by that, not that you know, every day is going to be miserable if you're a Christian, but what he's meaning is that sometimes those worldly forces, they're going to hate you, and they're going to attack you. And so that reality shouldn't shock us. Jesus himself says, don't be surprised if the world hates you. No, it hated me first. He says that right there in John 15 as well. So now the question is, we're supposed to stand out. How do we evangelize in this culture that is so opposed to Christ. And I believe we do that with love. Right? We need to we need to love people the way God does. Um 1 Corinthians 13 gives an amazing picture of love. 1 John 3:18 also gives a great image of love, you know, let us not love in word and talk, but deed and truth. Let us show our love in action. You know, 1 John 4 actually says, you know, he who does not love does not know God because God is love. So if we don't have love in our hearts and we don't treat people with love, how can we say we know God? So we need to bear with people in love. We need to love people the way God does. Remember, people are not the enemy. Just like we talked about last week. People are not the enemy. Yes, sometimes it could be these people attacking you in culture. Yes, sometimes it could be the world things pushing against Christianity, but it's because the people don't know any better. They haven't opened up their hearts to the truth of the gospel, and we need to do our best to show them why it's the best way to live, why it's the truth, because it is the truth, and there is no other way. There is another moral line to base our lives on than the Bible and Christ. 
1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, Paul writes, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Our mindset as Christians is this. It should be this, what Paul is saying, becoming all things to all people, trying to relate to people, trying to get into their lives. So this view of the church needing to separate itself from culture, yes, we don't need to allow culture to influence the church, but Jesus actually commissioned us to go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus told us to preach the gospel to all creation in the Great Commission. So we actually need to go into all the world, but we just don't need to let the world transform us, but we need to transform the world. And that should be what our mindset is. Remember last week, people are not the enemy. Yes, sometimes they'll be mean and rude to you, but it is because they need the good news to show them what truth is. We do not hate people as Christians. We do not hate people and we do not antagonize them. We should not ridicule them. Sometimes I've seen Christians do this and that is not how we should act. We don't need to be people like that. We love people that are in sin because after all, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We love the people. We hate the sin. We've heard that saying before. It is our job to lovingly and gently show people the way of Christ in this battle. We are to seek out and rescue people in this battle. One quick note from 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23 here. We notice that Paul says, you know, I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. Paul didn't say save all. And so the reality of our battle is too is that you're not going to save everyone. Just like in real war, sometimes the situation arrives and there are, con- there are tough calls in battle and wartime where you can't always get someone out of a situation. And in that, re- with that same set in mind, that same mindset, sometimes in our spiritual battle, we can't save everyone. Some people are going to be hard of heart and closed off to the idea of Christ. But we may save some, like Paul said here. And so we don't need to lose heart when it seems like the world around us is really dark. We need to continue to let our light shine, and eventually we can bring others into that light. And so, again, as we said last week, Our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to seek out and save the lost in this world, in this culture that may be so counter to what God wants, but that's our job. And yes, we are in a battle, but our battle is not with people of this world. Our battle is against the evil powers that push this culture of ungodliness on us. And we need to remember to put God in our cultures. We need to remember to, as much as we can, Make sure we put Christ at the forefront of our lives. And so, as we conclude this episode of Thursday Thoughts, I hope you all have a wonderful day. I hope this has been insightful for you. If there are any questions or anything, again, my email will be in the show notes. I hope you all have a wonderful day. God bless.